that that's that's how I would approach. Like if I had someone who's killing it and I'm at 500,000 and she's at 1.8, there's got to be something I can learn from her. Mm-hmm. And it might not be exactly what she's doing, but there has to be a way to make it my own so that I can start to improve my own results. Welcome to the Insurance Producers Podcast, where we bring you the top personalized producers insurance agents, and industry partners giving you at least three takeaways to 10x your production and build your multi-million dollar revenue books. So sit back, relax, and become inspired by the success stories and strategies of the world's top insurance minds. Let's roll. All right, welcome back, everybody. My name is Cyrus Jaffrey. As you all know, welcome to the Insurance Producers Podcast. Man, I'm excited today. I have got, uh, I mean, I'm going to call him a friend from t- today on, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, I just my first time meeting Ryan. I've met him in the past at a speaking event that he was at that, that I listened to him uh, three, four years ago. Man, he's done a lot for our industry. I want to welcome Ryan Hanley. What's happening, buddy? Well, Cyrus, definitely a friend, and uh, and I love what you're doing, man. I'm I'm excited for you, and uh, just getting to know what you have going on, dude. You're you're the freaking future, dude. You're I love it. I'm I'm so I'm so excited that uh, that that someone like you is out there pushing the envelope, building. It's uh, it, it, it jacks me up. So I'm I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. I paid him a lot of money for that, everybody. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, 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 Ryan, man, yeah, take us back just a little bit, man. How'd you get into the industry, real quick, and then we're gonna get into the meat and the potatoes. So, yeah, uh, I'll give everyone the kind of quick ten cent tour. Uh, I've been in the industry for eighteen years. I got into the industry basically as the dowry for my ex-wife's hand in marriage. Uh, I had been, um, I got a. I was a failed mechanical engineer turned math major, um, which I, you don't, there's not a lot of opportunity for math majors out there. I uh, was doing a bunch of consulting work for accounting firms and I worked for American Express, et cetera. And I, I didn't particularly care for it, uh, at least at that time. They probably would have been interesting jobs today, but uh, at the time it was not, it was not particularly interesting to me. Um, and my uh, future father-in-law at the time, he kind of pulled me out of a family event and said, Hey, you know, I know you're not loving where you're at and you're, you're kind of looking for things. Um, would you be open to a sales position? And I had never really sold anything before. I, I had had, I'd had jobs since I was 13 years old, but, but never really like a true hardcore sales position. And it sounded exciting. And I obviously wanted him to like me because I was going to be marrying his daughter. And I said, yes. And I found out really quickly that I was really frigging terrible at selling insurance the traditional way. Uh, so much so that 18 months into the job, uh, he fired me and I did what any self-respecting young man would do is I got down on my knees and I begged him to, uh, take me back. And he did, he agreed. He said he'd give me uh, some more time, but that I had to kind of, I had to turn things around. Hmm. What I realized at that time was I did not have the skills and there certainly was not the trainings that there are today. There were not all these communities and people out there helping people understand I, I just was terrible at cold calling and I, I didn't like it. What I did like and what I did pick up on was an affinity for um, educating people. And, and I realized that uh, – so blogging and things were just starting to become part of our ecosystem. It's like 2008, 2009. And what I started doing uh, was 
answering the questions that I would get on sales calls. So if I was, so, so we worked long days, we had to be the office at seven. We cold, we prospected and wrote commercial insurance from seven to four. You then got two hours of personal time from four to six. You had to be back at the office at six and you did personal insurance from six to nine every night. And, um, and yeah, so any of the producers out there that think whatever your schedule is, is tough. Your schedule isn't shit. Like you're not working half as hard as you should. Is that legal? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's what we did. And, and there was five of us at the office, including my father-in-law who'd be there. And so we would set up personal lines appointments from at 7 p.m. and then at 9 p.m. in people's homes. So this is back when you used to drive and literally mm-hmm. you were selling wet signed insurance mm-hmm. across people's tables. So I would write down the questions they would ask, ask me during the meeting, like what is underinsured motorist coverage? How does no fault work, you know, et cetera. And then I would go, you know, on the weekends or whatever during the day when I was, you know, kind of exhausted from cold calling, I would write blog posts answering those questions. And, and not to, you know, and, and, and that was kind of what I did differently. And what I started to find is people started to read those and started to call in. And that's really what turned my career around. So Fast forward, uh, after about eight years there, I took the job. Uh, there was some family stuff that whatever, um, you know, just working for your in-laws is not the most fun mm-hmm. thing ever to do in the world. And uh, I took job as a chief marketing officer for a company, trustedchoice.com. I built the agency nation platform. Um, I got to meet, uh, you know, tens, literally tens of thousands of insurance professionals from all over the industry. I've been mm-hmm. on the 42nd floor of every carrier in the country. Um incredible knowledge. I worked for Bull Penguin as a CMO uh, for a while. Uh, and then I had a brief stint outside the industry because I had a family member get terminally ill and I couldn't travel for work. And the only thing I could do here in the Albany, New York area, which is where I'm from, was uh, a CEO of a fitness franchise, et cetera. And um, come 2020, I decided I wanted to take all this insurance knowledge that I had, this this kind of vantage point on the industry and this this gap that I saw and I wanted to build an agency that I thought solved those problems, which um, mm. just, I called it a human optimized agency. Mm-hmm. And it, it had these two core ideas. One, the technology should support humans time to build deeper relationships. And two, mm. that insurance producers, there should be no ceiling on insurance producers careers. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two core ideas there are that if we, you know, on average, uh, uh, an insurance transaction takes about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So uh, in in the traditional sense and using traditional technology, five of those minutes are spent on the phone with the customer and 15 of those minutes are spent transacting the business. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take that ratio and flip it down its head. I wanted to use automation tools. And this is why you and I connected so quickly, you know, just with your doing with quotation, et cetera, is that I wanted to take and make it so that we could spend 15 minutes on the phone with the customer, getting to know them, cross-selling, building a deeper relationship, more connect, more trust, more respect, Mm -hmm. and then only need five minutes to automate or five Mm -hmm. minutes to transact. Okay. And then, and then couple that with this idea of a no ceiling insurance career, which I explained to you off air, but I'll briefly explain Mm -hmm. for the people at home. And then I'll, I, I created a four stage career for insurance professionals that where you could come in, say, three years to no license, right? So, so in that range, you'd come in, and we had a um, a series. You know, we we had basically roles and responsibilities for that position to kind of teach them the business, teach them the coverage. They would shadow, mentor, do a lot of like uh, uh, lead sourcing, lead distribution, 
et cetera. You would then kind of uh, evolve into what we call the select producer, or I now call closer, which is an mm. inbound insurance rep. Once you proved yourself there, we, you, we would then launch you out as a true producer in which you had a, a niche, you're going after a certain market, you were becoming a subject matter expert, you were going to trade shows, et cetera. And then when your book got big enough and you felt comfortable, you could buy that book out and essentially we would aggregate that business back to our agency. And in that mm. way, an insurance producer could go from no license to owning their own agency mm. in, you know, in one flow. And uh, that was the model. Um, uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, I ended up selling in 2022 uh, that model to SIA. And I just recently exited uh, that business in October of this year. Very cool. Man, that's a long career already, man. And you've only been in it 18 years. You know, I yeah, feel like yeah, you've yeah. done it all, dude. Yeah, From an well, agency side to a producer, personal, commercial, tech side, owning businesses, like CEO, like, you know, I mean, you're pretty much the best person to have on a podcast because you. Uh, I, don't I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know. About that, I. Uh, I definitely. It's been a. Um, there, there are pros and cons to that journey. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, the work. So the work that I'm doing now through my company, Finding Peak, is uh, basically fractional CRO work. So mm -hmm. companies bring me in, and uh, I basically give them those 18 years of experience, expertise, skills, mm -hmm. etc., uh, processes in exchange for them having to hire a full-time person in that position. I love that work because it allows me to problem solve, et cetera. It has been, it has been an incredible journey for that work because there are a mm -hmm. few situations I could walk into that I haven't probably dealt with or et cetera. The, the disadvantage to that journey is that uh, I do not have a through line in my career, right? So 18 years, I've had to start and restop five different times and build mm -hmm. from scratch. Now, what I've learned is that each time I'm able to get to escape velocity into a really, you know, comfortable, uh, comfortable from the sense that, uh, you know, I'm paying my bills and things are good to very successful, very fast. So I know mm -hmm. how to do it. I've done it multiple times. That's great. But I will say, and I think just addressing for our insurance producer friends who are listening and to give them some, uh, some guidance that I think actually uh, equates to them. There is a, a new trend that is starting in our industry where insurance producers hop around from agency to agency quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And if you live in California and you can bring your book with you, maybe that's not a big deal. I do think that, and if and in hindsight, you know, if I could change anything, although I'm very happy with where I am, I don't want to make that seem like I'm regretful. I would, I would work harder to, to work through things and build a deeper through line in my career so that I was accumulating more benefit over that time versus having to go back to zero and start from build up again and go back to zero and start up again. Um, and I think this idea, um, you know, I, I've just seen a lot of producers who are like, I'm not happy with my commission split, so I'm going to move. Or mm -hmm. I'm not, this, this agency owner doesn't do X, so I'm going to move. And it's like, I get some of that. There are situations that are just untenable and mm -hmm. it does make sense for you to move on to a new space. Mm -hmm. However, I, I think there is a lot of benefit and we talked a little bit about this in a different context with, with yourself. There is a huge benefit in this particular industry to time in market. And the longer you can be in market, the longer you can have consistency of brand, the longer you can build that book of business, 
the more benefit, the more leverage, if we're thinking purely selfishly, the more leverage you can build into your career to possibly make the changes that you want in the space you already are. So, you know, I think while there are always going to be situations where it is more advantageous for you to move, if you are a career hopper, uh, I'm not going to say that means anything about you as a person, but I do think it forces you to start and restop a lot. And uh, you, you don't necessarily understand the negative impact of going back to zero that often until you hit a certain age and then you're like, shit, I'm kind of sick of starting mm-hmm. at zero again. So I hope that, I hope that helps people. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm curious on your, on your past when you were, when you were, when you were a producer, what, what did that like? So what did that day to day kind of look like? I know you mentioned, okay, for, for, from seven to four, I'm doing more prospecting on the commercial side and then from six to nine on the personal side. So for, what did that prospecting look like that you were doing? Because obviously you had some success and that agency had yep. success. What yeah, were yeah. some things you were doing back then to prospect? Yeah. So again, just to give people the reference, this is 2006 to 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would give people slightly different things to do today. But back then, mm-hmm. the days were pretty standard. Uh, I would show up at 7. I would do paperwork, quotes, um, uh, make sure that anything that I had put in to be quoted the day before or whatever, I'd get status updates. And then around 8.30 or 9, I'd get in my car and I'd start driving. Mm-hmm. And I knew every strip mall, every business. Uh, I knew, you know, I would hit networking events and I would be out. I would make cold calls from my car. Um, I would stop in places, drop business cards, go to meetings. And I was just mm-hmm. out all day. I mean, my my uh, father-in-law, who was the principal, his philosophy was, if you're in the agency, you're not working. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, today, I think, mm-hmm. that, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I do think the the ideal that, you know, activity begets results, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be doing the activities. If you're not doing the activities, then you can't, you can't be upset with the results. There's like a I don't know if it's mm-hmm. Jordan or Kobe or whoever. There's like a, uh, you know, there's there's a quote that goes around. And it's attributed to a bunch of different people. But it's basically like you you can't be upset about the results you don't get for the activity that you didn't do, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, if if I dropped off thirty business cards to local small businesses, if I hit up a networking event and made ten cold calls from my car during the day to bigger businesses that maybe I couldn't necessarily just walk right into. Mm-hmm. And I did that every day. I activity was going to happen. Now, it took me time to figure out what I was better at from a skill perspective, what worked better for our market, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and as I figured that out, I did more of the things that worked. But I always did a shit ton of activity. There was always, mm-hmm. you know, I never just showed up, hit the water cooler. Hey, what's going on, Sally? Mm-hmm. What happened at the f- basketball game last night or whatever? Like, <laughs> you know, I. Not that you didn't have those moments or little breaks during the day. We all need those. But like, you can't just screw off all day and then wonder why you're not hitting your numbers. You just, there's a very clear reason. Like, I say this all the time to any sales professional who works for me. And I've said it to every sales professional who works for me and every business I've ever worked. You chose sales as a career, not Mm -hmm. me, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't grab you off the street and throw you in this business and say, I don't care who you are, you're selling today. You walked in and said, I'm going to be a sales professional. And unfortunately for sales professionals, there is one clear and defining number as to whether or not you're doing your job. And that is how many sales you bring in, Mm -hmm. right? Like 
truthfully, your boss will never actually care how many cold calls you make, but they do care how many sales you bring in and what mm-hmm. that number is. Because if you, if you aren't profitable individually, you are useless to the business, right? Mm-hmm. This is something we don't talk about enough, right? Like you, are you as a producer keeping a personal profitability report? Mm-hmm. Pers- so we had these at Rogue. Basically it was, here's how much, here's how much we pay you. Here's mm-hmm. your commission split. Here's your benefits. Here's how much revenue you brought in. If you haven't brought in more than what we pay you, you are not a productive member of this team. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if that's harsh or it hurts your feelings or you don't like to see that you're underperforming, but you are the mechanism that makes this entire operation run. And if you're not profitable, the business has no chance of being profitable. So we would literally tell them point blank with this personal profitability report, like, look, man, I love you, but for the last six months, you've lost us money. I've been paying you to work here. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Like how, if you were me, and, and this is what I would say to them, I, I'm being, I maybe was a little mm-hmm. softer in my approach, at least at the beginning with some of these people. But like, if you were me, how would you handle this situation? Mm-hmm. You have someone who you are literally giving money to, to show up because you're not doing anything else for us. You're not doing accounting. You're not doing marketing. You are Mm -hmm. selling things and you're not selling enough. So that would, what I found is uh, you'd get, that conversation would generate a visceral response in one of two directions. You're an a-hole. How could you talk to me this way? I'm trying my best. I just, you'd get that. And now I know that person is a loser and probably has a kind of scarcity mindset and wasn't going to be a long-term fit. I mean, everyone can change, but unfortunately, far too many of us have this like entitled, uh, uh, like I, I just like to think of it as a scarcity mindset. We think the world is small and it's about us and whatever. And it's like, I, unfortunately, I was not born with a with a with a abundance mm-hmm. of empathy. I wish that I was. My mom yells at me all the time for it. She, my mom called me the other day on the phone and she goes, "How come you think you don't have empathy?" And well, I, well, I think that I do. I'm just like. I don't, I, you know, I think people are accountable for their actions. I don't know. And in certain positions, like there are certain positions in an organization where, you know, there are all these intangible things that they bring to the organization that are equally valuable in Mm -hmm. sales. There are no intangibles. You have to generate, you have to be profitable as an individual so that the organization can make profit. So, uh, Mm -hmm. so the flip side of that coin is, there were other people who'd look at it and be like, dude, I have never thought of it. Like I quite literally never thought of it this way before. I didn't understand where I actually was. I didn't realize how much you paid me in commission and benefits, et cetera. Like, let's get to and work. Like I'm ready. Like, what do you need me to do? Like, I'm sorry. Like, let's go. And then you put all the gasoline behind that guy or gal, right? Because you know, that person's going to go out, they're going to change their behavior and they're going to get after it. And then a lot of times those people would turn around and be some of our best salespeople because they just, they just didn't actually understand the economics of their position in the company. And, um, I found that that's a, a really good way for producers to track their own, um, their own contribution to an organization. Mm-hmm. So, so now let's take it from the standpoint of I'm the actual producer. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're doing a pr- personal profitability report and you're being mm-hmm. honest about it and you feel like you're being compensated unfairly. 
Well, if you have a personal profitability report that you've put together and you've tracked your profitability to the organization over a period of time, now you can go to your to your agency principal or boss or whoever and say, hey, look, man, I love working here, but geez, I've made you 4X what I've actually taken out. Or, and mm-hmm. and like, I, I'm not asking for a lot, but like, hey, can I get five point, a five point bump on my new, on my new business, right? Mm-hmm. It only has this much impact in my overall profitability to the organization. It helps me out a ton. I got a new kid coming or my wife and I are buying a house or my husband and I, you know, whatever, you know, I need to want to pay off my college bills and, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm good for it. Cause you can see how much I produced. That's a conversation you're going to win at. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, or maybe you want an assistant, right? Maybe you want to buy an assistant. You want the organization to buy you an assistant. Well, if you're only making a tiny little margin in profitability and you go ask for an assistant, they're going to be like, take a hike. But if you can come in and say, look, hey, I'm here by myself. But if I had an assistant or a VA, et cetera, who could, who could, I, I think I could double this amount of margin for you with this much, even baking in this much cost, if you were to get me an assistant, because I could, because I could 3X my results, right? Or, or a new piece of technology, right? A lot of producers will say like, I could be great, but my agency doesn't have a CRM or doesn't have a, a, a cool quoting tool or whatever. Like do a personal profitability report. Now you know exactly where you stand and you can go and have a real conversation with your ownership group about what you need to be successful versus just going in and being like, throwing your hands up in the air and be like, I can't hit my numbers because you guys don't have a CRM. Mm. You know, and, and I think um, those are the conver- kind of like real conversations that I've tried to teach uh, sales professionals to have because you may not always like the results, but it allows you to level set in reality, change activity and habits appropriately, and then have real conversations with leadership and management as necessary for to get where you want to be. Man, that was that was the best probably 10 minutes of producer. Every producer, honestly, that is an insurance needs to hear that. Because it's, it's, it's one, it's the Wiffham effect. Like what's in it for me? Like if you have yep. a profitability, obviously like you can go to your people and you can make more money. Like we have, we have a lady in our office. She's been in the industry for 12 years. She was with Geico for nine. She's been with me for three and a half. And she literally this year in personal lines only, because we're a very, very, we're 95, five personal lines. She literally did 1.8 million in personal lines, new business by herself. <sighs> <laughs> and everybody else, my, my brother was about 1.2. So he was there. He was good. Everybody else, the other 12 to 15 people were between like 400 to 700. And I asked him, I said, guys, why do you think Tara is writing 1.8 million in new business versus everybody else is under a million or 500,000 or whatever that is? And everybody knows what it is. She doesn't freaking waste time. She goes, Tara goes to her room. She knows exactly how many calls she needs to make. She knows exactly how many quotes she needs to do because our CRM, our management system, literally tells her, hey, for every call that you make, this is how much money you make because that calls equals what? A conversation. Conversation equals a quote. A quote equals premium. A premium is how you get paid as a salesperson. So the recipe is pretty easy, right? Like yeah. everybody knows what equates what. It's just they don't want to do the work to be able to do what to, to obviously bring in the money. So the recipe is there. You've already said it. But I would say, man, the old school way of honestly, dude, like getting on the road and just going in, it's the new sexy thing almost because nobody yeah. does it. Yeah, it's just about it's just about separating yourself, right? So 
I have always separated myself through my ability to get on video. That's been how I've found uh, I can talk in a casual way in which mm-hmm. I take complex, ridiculous terminology, boil it down in a language that people understand is relatable, mm-hmm. and and it's worked for me. I mean, I I built the most trafficked insurance YouTube channel in in the history at the time in the Murray Group, and then. I just had, I think, the third most trafficked YouTube channel in history ever in Rogue Risk, and I did it in half the time. So, like, mm. that's my superpower. Mm. But if you ask me to get on the phones and cold call, could I make a couple of them? Would mm. I be, would I, you know, I think I am, you know, and I, I, this is not going to sound humble, but I just believe I'm, I'm the best of the best at creating insurance mm-hmm. content. I just feel like I'm right at the top. You know, you, I'm in mm-hmm. that conversation, top five for sure. You know, I'm, whatever. I'm sure there are people that are better, but like, that's where I am. You put me in cold calling, I'm mediocre at best. So I think that what we have to find is what is the thing that produces results mm. that you are also willing to do that you are good at, right? So there's a Venn diagram there. So it can't be I'm going to send out mailers because mm-hmm. those might not produce results, right? You might be the best you know, like old school D to C mm-hmm. marketer that exists. But if it doesn't return results, doesn't matter, right? Yeah, you might yeah. be something that you're good at, but you hate doing. It mm-hmm. might be something that that you love doing, but you're terrible at it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, so there's all these things. And, um, you know, it's, 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 so you create that Venn diagram of what produces money? What do I love doing? What am I good at? And whatever's in the middle that press that friggin' button all day long. Now there is another option. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what you enjoy doing, right? You can take out what you enjoy doing and just over index on what works and just mm-hmm. figure out how to get good at it. Mm-hmm. I'd say th- that's the other option that if you, if you're, if there is nothing that you find, cause there is a possibility with that first Venn diagram that there is nothing that makes money you enjoy doing and you're good at, in insurance prospecting. It's very possible. There are people that that happens, right? You might not like cold calling, you might not like cold emailing, you might not mm-hmm. like working for a referral partner. So then you have to be a, an adult and you need to just do whatever works over and over and over again, whether you like it or not. Screw your emotions, screw your feelings, screw whatever stupid excuse you're going to try to make as to why you can't do that thing or that thing doesn't work for you and just friggin' do it and get good at mm-hmm. it. Because at the end of the day, there is no better career for making money in a sustainable and scalable way than insurance production. There just isn't, right? There's no better way to make money than that is both sustainable and scalable than insurance production. So you either have to find that thing that you love doing, which was creating video content for me, loved it, mm-hmm. produced results. I love doing it and I was good at it. Thank you. I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. If that wasn't the case, then I would have had to find something that just friggin' works and been an adult and just done it. And that's the mm-hmm. part that that's the hard conversation. And the thing that producers don't want to hear is I hated driving around and walking to businesses, dropping off business <laughs> cards. But you know what? If I dropped off 10 business cards, two of those people would call me back. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it was. Yeah. You know, now I don't know that those numbers would be the numbers that work today, but I knew mm-hmm. back then. That if I drove around and dropped off business cards for every 10 business cards that I walked in and dropped off with the owner, two of those people would call me back. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did because I hated doing it. I literally Mm -hmm. hated doing it. I, you know, but it worked. Independent agents. 
Are you tired of the endless hours spent quoting home and auto insurance? Quotimation is here to revolutionize your process. We get it, time is of the essence, and you don't want to manually gather VIN numbers, drivers, or home quoting data. Quotimation not only streamlines your process, but quotes through your management system and carrier codes, ensuring accuracy and efficiency. Plus, you can embed it on your website and your clients can get a quote within 60 seconds. Revolutionize your quoting experience today. Visit Quotimation.com and take the first step towards a faster, smarter insurance workflow. Yeah. So for, for, for a producer, one of the, one of the first things from what I'm hearing you would recommend is, first of all, you gotta, dude, if you hate cold calling, you could probably do it for two three years, maybe, but you're going to burn yourself out. There's no reason to do something that you're not. So the first thing for a producer, what I would, what I would assume you would say is figure out what you really like. Like it's because you want to be in this industry for a very long time, right? Like you don't want to like do go into businesses for nine years, you don't like freaking going to businesses. So like find yep. what you're, what you like, first of all. Right. And then from there, then really 10 X that. Yes. And yep. for everybody, it could be different. Or find a way that makes it fun. So yeah. I hate yeah. cold calling. However, mm. what I, what I, but what I found is I found a way of cold emailing that produces mm. really good results. Mm. And, and I do it in a way that fits me. So I, I created a, a one pager about our, our agency mm -hmm. and or the product or in mm -hmm. an industry that I was trying to sell. And then I used Loom videos uh, mm -hmm. to create little one to, you know, one minute to two minute uh, introduction videos mm -hmm. about that prospect, specifically geared to that prospect, not a blast out standardized mm -hmm. thing. I would literally go to your, to the website, talk through the website. Hey, I see you're doing this. Here's, have you thought about this from your workers comp perspective? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, whatever, I'm not going to do justice to what I would say in this call, but like the idea is then I'd send that email out and I found I'd get four responses for every 10 mm -hmm. I'd send out. Now that doesn't mean mm -hmm. four sales because we got to, there's all different situations. It's cold calling. Right. But for me, dude, I could do that all day, break down mm -hmm. someone's business, talk on video, send it out to them, you know, attach a thing. I could send 50 of those out a day and I'd get to the end of the day and I wouldn't even be tired. I'd be, I'd be mm. excited. I'd be like, God, I can't wait to see how many people watch those videos mm. and, um, and the responses that would come back. So like, that's how I made cold email or cold outreach work for me. That might, mm -hmm. some other people might hate that. So cold outreach works. It works really, really well. There are multiple different ways to do it. So Find a way that works for you that, that, as you said, you can show up and do every day and aren't going to get burnout at, mm -hmm. and that produces results. And it doesn't have to be just, you know, literally when I started, dude, and you laughed at our schedule, my, my stepdad, the first day I show up at 715, he, I said, okay, what do we do? He goes, he goes, we prospect personal lines after 7 PM. That's what we do. Okay, great. How do we do that? He goes, start calling your, your friends and family list. So that's what I did when I got to the end of that list, which happened within like a week. Uh, he, I was like, what do I do now? He, he literally throws the phone book down, opens up the page, points at a name and he goes, start here. <laughs> and we literally just called out of the phone book mm -hmm. and it was horrible, horrible. <laughs> but it's part of, part of the reason why I almost got fired. But like <laughs> to him, that worked right for him. He didn't care. He was, he, he just, mm -hmm. 
it did not bother him. Whatever it was, whatever the hiccup that I had, he did not have. He could just pick up the phone. Hi, Tracy. This is Jim Murray just following up on the insurance quote I sent you. What insurance quote? Oh, Tracy, you didn't get the insurance quote I sent you? Well, I'm Jim Murray from the Murray Group Insurance Services and blah, blah, blah. And he would have this whole thing. And <laughs> by the end, he'd have this woman cackling and laughing. And, and he's a great guy. And he's just super good That's at this awesome. thing. And like he had zero fear or whatever that thing is that holds you back. That didn't work for me. So, mm-hmm. you know. You know, what I would do is I'd look at what Tara's doing. Like if I'm in your age, I'd look at what Tara's yep. doing and say, okay, can I do what Tara's doing? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, great. I'm just going to do what she does. Can mm-hmm. I do what Tara's doing? No. Okay. What are the parts of what Tara's doing that I can do? Mm-hmm. And how do I make what Tara's doing my own mm-hmm. so that I can have similar results, but maybe just not do it the exact same way, the mm-hmm. way that it, it fits me. And that that's, that's how I would approach. Like if I had someone who's killing it and I'm at 500,000 and she's at 1.8, there's gotta be something I can learn from her. Mm-hmm. And it might not be exactly what she's doing, but there has to be a way to make it my own so that I can start to improve my own results. Yeah. And that's where like a person like that, like it's either going to drive you, drive you in or drive you out. Yeah. Cause you're like, man, like this is probably not for me, man. I'm trying this blah, blah, blah. So uh, man, this has been so good, Ryan, man. I appreciate you. You definitely need to do what you just told me. I don't know if you've got that out to the public yet with the producers, but man, you would be such a help for so many producers out there, man, with some of the ideas that you have and the things that you've learned in the last 18 years, man. You, wow. I mean, I'm get that and get that fast, man. We need you. Producers I appreciate you. you. I, uh, you know, if you, if you don't mind the plug, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, absolutely. right now, if you, if you, if, if there's anyone out there and you're listening to this and you're an agency owner or whatever, I am doing fractional CRO services for people. So I'm helping people, uh, I take this knowledge and run sales teams, run marketing teams or run both and helping them drive revenue, solve the revenue problems and, and implement these strategies into their agency. If you're a producer, um, uh, go to ryanhanley.com. I have an email list, put your name and email in, uh, April 1st, we're coming out with a program to teach this stuff. Um, I want it to be done right. I want it to be done in a way that I'm proud of. So, and that takes a little bit of time. Um, lots of good content comes out for free during that channel, but we're going to have um, program stuff that comes out to teach this stuff and just go to ryanhanley.com. And then if anyone is ever has any questions about stuff or, you know, whatever, a uh, little, little ditties, I mean, uh, just either hit me up on social or, Ryan at findingpeak.com. Happy to happy to help however I can. It's uh dude, dude, this industry has given me, you know, I, I came from a shitty little town and 900 people. They called my house a crack house. Like, you know, we didn't actually sell crack out of there, but it looked like a crack house. <laughs> um, and you know, we were just a lower class getting by family, barely mm-hmm. getting by family. And I've been given a life and a lifestyle and been able to provide my kids with a life and a lifestyle Mm -hmm. that I could have never dreamed of. And it is 100% unequivocally because of what's, what's possible inside this industry. So I feel a great responsibility, um, to give back and share and educate. And, uh, and it's why I love doing these shows. It's love why I love learning about dudes like you and everything you have going on. And, and, uh, for sure, we're going to do a home and home. We'll figure out a time to get you onto my podcast and tell your story too. So, uh, I just appreciate the hell out of you, man. This has been great. 
Absolutely, man. Uh, Ryan, man, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, appreciate you being on this. Promise you this won't be the last time you'll be on this podcast. Cause, and then once your producer thing is up and running, man, we're going to get all of our producers in there because I know that you, you'll be able to get us a lot of value. So appreciate you being on. Awesome. And uh, thank everybody for watching.